Welcome to another episode of the Jones Underground Podcast. I'm your host, Afion Jones. Um, <clears throat> once again, thank you for tuning in. Tonight, uh, we're just going to do a brief episode. We're going to try to keep it brief. Um, the main topics tonight are going to be, um, number one, just music. You know, we know the sports is coming back, but I want to talk a little bit about music. I discovered a couple of new artists. One is from Washington State here in the United States. The other one is from London. I kind of want to talk about the European music scene and kind of, you know, its influence. That whole topic, I just think is wonderful. I think things are coming in. I want to talk a little bit about the Florida Marlins baseball, basketball is coming back and we just had a whole outbreak, whole 14 members of the team caught coronavirus, what that means. We'll get to the scores and stuff this weekend because being real, you know, people are still dealing with some stuff right now. we we'll just go from there. I want to tell my brief testimony about a situation I had with a certain organization we call it Child Support. And then, you know, just let it go from there. And like I said, we're not going to be here all night, but just kind of getting into those topics, child support, uh, in the lives of black fathers. But first, um, I discovered a couple of new artists. Well, they're new for me. Uh, One of them, um, his name is Alan Stone. And to me, this guy sounds like Justin Timberlake with a soul. Like, the whole time I was listening to his music, I'm looking for Justin Timberlake in the background singing somewhere. <laughs> you know, this dude, if you haven't seen his music, his latest album is is dope. I, I can't say it enough, it's dope. This is the type of music that I play, uh, the type of stuff that we record when we go in, when we're doing our own things. These are the chords that we play on. So to see somebody basically singing those chords with seven, three, sixes, y'all don't know what those numbers mean, but I bet you his piano player does. <laughs> but um, this guy has a song that I'm gonna post on my Facebook and Instagram tomorrow called White Privilege or American Privilege. Basically talking about how, you know, he's kind of guilty for being born white. And this is a whole situation where I just heard the song and I was like, I I wish that the people on my job and some of the folks that call in cussing me out like today was, and I was able to still get through it. But I wish they can understand what this song means and why this situation is real. You know, if I react, if I stand up being black, if I do any of those things on my job, I could be looking for another job. (laughs) So, you know, wonderful artist, um, Alan Stone, please go pick him up. Please go support this guy. Um, He has a wonderful team with him. They've been touring for 10 years. Um, He's a veteran in this game, and his tiny desk set is awesome. Next artist is (laughs) is from England. Uh, the guy is, is Rex Orange County. Now, I was almost on the phone with my daughter, like, so these young guys, 19 and 19 years old, my man got a band and probably on his way to winning some Grammys and got probably one of the best songs out there right now. And 
I didn't know nothing about them. I just peeled them up because I heard the name, but I never looked into it, you know, because I'm like 19. That's what my kids be listening to. Wrong, wrong, wrong. I don't know what it is about the European music scene. I don't know what they're doing there, what they're putting in the water, but um, these European artists are coming between Snow Allegra, uh, Moonchild, these different artists, and, and Moonchild, I don't know particularly where they come from, but I've seen them do a lot of sets overseas, so it's, forgive me if I'm wrong on that, but between them, Bruno Major, these, these artists, you know, even back when Adele was doing her thing, and she's still doing her thing. It's something in the water with these European artists, man. And they're making soul music. It's not, they're not playing games. And yeah, it's very weird for me being a young, being a black musician, growing up in church my whole life. And I play and, you know, pretty much make a living on these chords or on this type of music. This is what I like. This is what I feel. And then you pull up and you hear, you know, jazz and, not just jazz, it's a different style of jazz. And they call it lo-fi or whatever, but when you hear guys like Yusuf Days and you hear these guys like um, Henry Wu and these other musicians, Alpha Mist, and none of us know who they are over here. But, you know, we know who Robert Glasper is. We know those guys. We don't know who these guys are. We're not following the Christian McBride's. We're not following those guys. So, I'm just saying, we need to really look up and see what's going on in, in Europe, man. They're making moves, you know. Anderson Pack is doing um, projects with these guys. We got, they're really making strides, and it's really bringing a lot to the game to see how these Europeans are coming and they're making this thing their own. This dude got a song out, the sound is not quite country, it's not quite soul. It's not quite rock and roll, but it's called happiness. And he's talking about I'll be the one. And what you know about this at 19, bro? But, you know, but if he can do it at 19, then us in our 30s and 40s could definitely come and kick us up and make strides. And, you know, it shouldn't be no project that we can't do if these 19 and 16-year-olds out here playing in a band and making music and winning awards, you know. Side note, shout out to um, um, Jacob Collier. Um, I wasn't really listening to him, and he did a Tiny Desk Home set that kind of caught me off guard. He played all the instruments, and it looked like <laughs> it was all done in one take. And the, I'm, you know, you see, dude, and you know, I'll look at the newest boards coming out or something like that, the NAMM show, and you see, he was there a couple of times along with you know, Corey Henry and them. And I just never took time to listen to it, but YouTube gives us a window into seeing these artists that they they definitely not getting played on the radio. And Collier got Grammys. And what is he, 20, 25 years old? He got Grammy Awards. He's a young, up-and-coming guy and already got award winning. already got a whole wall full of albums and platinums and this and that so we need to just start thinking about real music if you 
not saying the rap and stuff, not real music, but it's those that are still playing jazz, still those playing soul. And if you can expand your musical palette, do it, you know? Next up, um, we want to talk about the Major League Baseball controversy with the Florida Marlins. Y'all thought this coronavirus was playing. So y'all say y'all not going to do no bubble. Well, guess what? Now you need a bubble. And I understand that everybody just want to see their team. And, and, you know, we had the whole controversy behind the Cardinals supporting Black Lives Matter. I need some people to get over that. Just please get over that. That's the new thing now. Black Lives Matter. We need to be supporting people that are trying to fight against racial injustice and inequality and police brutality. We need to be fighting against those things. And they trying to, people are trying to steer it, trying to say, oh, they trying to work for free and get reparations with your tax money. It'd be nice, but no, we just trying to make sure that we ain't worried for our life the next time we get pulled over. So you can understand that if people could just understand that. We just want to make sure that when companies look to promote someone, that they could maybe look to somebody black and not just look over them like they've been doing. That when companies, when somebody's getting pulled over, they're not afraid for their life. That when you look to buy a house or rent a spot like I'm looking at now and they telling you no because you came in and you were black and your name was Afiang and not John, then yeah, <laughs> you know, I get told no a whole lot because of my name. <laughs> and because people see that name and they think black. The first thing they see it when they look at me on the application, black. Throw that application away. You know, then even worse, some people, they, they have the assumption that you're African when I'm not African. You know, born and raised in St. Louis, but because my name is Offie Young, guess what? <laughs> we, you can go drive Lyft and Uber. You don't need to work here. <laughs> you know, you can go deliver Postmates. You don't need no job or whatever. But that's how people treat me until they meet me and then they realize that, hey, you know, till you know, I was doing a meeting and one of the supervisors was like, Wow, you play piano? See the piano in my background. Like, yeah, and I play at church and oh, you're a whole person. I like to see what you guys do and yeah. I like <laughs> I like to see what you guys do in your spare time, you guys. But my point of the matter is we we hold people. We got hopes, dreams, ambitions, we wanna live in a nice neighborhood. We want to do those kind of things, and because you're black, a lot of people shut that down. And so we do need an organization out there fighting so that when people are doing those things, discriminating, police brutality, like I said, we got murderers still walking the streets wearing badges. And not saying that all police are bad. We know 90% of police are good. But the 99% of police that are good need to start getting rid of the 1% or 2% out there that's racist that's going above the line, that's doing too much, you know? We need to start calling people out for being caring when we need to, you know? And that's why I'm saying, quit being mad at these teams for supporting Black Lives Matter and putting initiatives where they do that. So, if you're a fan, I offended you, sorry. Just the situation. But with the coronavirus in the Marlins again, how do those players feel that you went out there and caught coronavirus when y'all argued and fought for months and months and months over how much money you was going to make and everything else? 
And how much is that money gonna mean to you when you at home and you sick or when you're in quarantine for the next two to four weeks? What and then you ain't getting paid because you ain't out there on the field now. So Major League Baseball didn't have a plan of action for when this situation went up other than canceling a whole bunch of games. Well, how are you going to make those up? Where, how that situation going to go down? We need to understand that there are things more important than getting money. It's called, we're in a health crisis. If we were not in the health crisis, then we wouldn't be having to spend a whole nother school year with these kids being in the house again. You know, parents are really sick and tired of the situation. And then you got a whole working from home, that whole situation. Companies are not getting the production they would get if these people were in the office. And it's good. Me being on a job for a year and a half or a year or whatever, I can work from home, pretty standard numbers, do a good job. But when you're just coming into a job and you don't have no help and you pretty much on the island by yourself taking phone calls, you're not gonna be as effective coming in this game as you would if you had somebody sitting next to you. If you had, if you could stand up and go get someone to help you with your computer or something or with a problem that you were having. So yes, the Marlins need to understand that this coronavirus is serious. That is all affecting our lives. And if you can't play, then you can't play. And if your players need to be quarantined in these cities that they go to, then they need to be quarantined. Y'all can't go out. You can't go out. You can't go drinking. You can't go messing around with folks. You can't do it. You know, wear your mask. You gotta wear your mask, buddy. I'm sorry. So the Marlins would understand that, or if baseball would understand it in general, then once again, we would have a better, a better feel for this. Um, finally, finally, I'm going to give a short testimony about my experience with child support. Just, you know, real talk. So, years ago, I wound up having my children for about a couple of years by myself. You know, wasn't making, wasn't getting child support on it, but at the time, I was paying the child support, but it, they told me that they would cut it while I had them. Eventually, their mama got them back. So, when she got them back, child support reissued the child support order problem was when they turned child support back on they were charging me for the years that I actually had my kids and why they didn't give me the credit for the whole time that I had them it was supposed to have been a certain amount of time like almost two thousand dollars that they wouldn't collecting because I had them for the two years or whatever so Fast forward to now when, you know, I changed jobs and I had like a little back pay, like maybe a thousand dollars back pay I had to give them. And they should have got that with the stimulus package because child support just took mine. Wrong. They started trying to collect on the two thousand dollars they said they were not collecting. So my issue or my point of saying this is this. When we as men are out here actually playing a part in our kids' lives. We're actually doing our role and actually paying them their money. We're actually doing what we have to do to be around. You know, I used to catch a bus to go see my kids, just to see them, literally. I used to take my kids and be on the bus to places, you know, to spend time with them. And, and when I didn't have a car and whatnot, when I was broke, when I was 
making minimum wage and they was child support was still taking half of that. So when you go through stuff like that and you finally get to a point in your life where you are making some money, you are making some headway, and they decide that, hey, well, he can pay this $2,000 he don't really owe now. It, it does make you feel some kind of way. And yeah, I know the money will come back. You know, because I know they're looking to the file, but it's just one thing that you have to keep calling them about. You have to borderline hire a lawyer to get them to take care of it. And then, yeah, they'll send you the money, yeah, months and months down the line when you really needed it now. So, my whole point is with any government institution, we understand that there's a lack of um, competency sometimes, especially when things change. You know, we had a divorce order and that court order kind of made things a little weird. But them having all the technology to get the money out my paycheck and apply it on these weeks or whatever in advance, for them to be able to track me down or whatever job I work or them to be able to say I owe or report against my credit rating, which may have cost me points which may have raised up the interest rate that I'm paying on the house that I'm looking for now that I'm trying to buy. For them to be able to do all that with their technology, then they could have easily looked in the computer system and said we were not collecting this because we told him we were giving him a break on this because he had his kids. You know, it's, it's already tough being a full-time dad and having... You know, almost no one recognizes you as a parent in your kid's life as this. If being a father is the least thing you do and it's the most important. But it's also even worse when you're sitting here having to pay and pay and pay and pay into a system. And then all they want to do is take your money whenever you get a tax return. They want to take your money whenever you get paid. Whenever you get a bonus or whenever you change jobs, they want to up what they take. You know, then they want to make you pay this much in health insurance. And then baby mama got to decide if your insurance plan is better than what they get on Medicare or what she got. So it's just way too many men are going through a situation where we're dealing with a system that seems like it's just geared to make us pay and not help us at all. Like, you don't think that us providing sometimes over half of our income into this situation doesn't take enough out of us to where we can afford to go play a car note or we could afford to actually finance or buy a house or anything like that and then they're not helping us with a program that says well we'll give you some kind of housing credit or we'll give you some of this because you're paying child support or we'll maybe you know something <laughs> you know since you got this legal stuff We'll give you some kind of credit counseling or anything because you're paying this on child support and trying to live a regular life. And no one's understanding that situation and how long it takes you because what you're paying into the system is your income is already being taken out. That's pre-tax. So basically that's 25 to 50% of your income already gone. And I'm not mad about the situation because at the end of the day, my money going to support my kids, I'll never complain about that. But my thing is if we're doing all, if, if everybody else gets food stamps, if everybody else sits there gets Medicare and Medicaid, and they get all these other programs being on child support, and they support Section 8 and all of the stuff, and welfare and uh, uh, TANF assistance, for all these people that are collecting child support, then why don't they try to help the same brothers who are out here working 80 hours a week in two jobs 
and and doing all this to pay the child support and trying to live and, and, and have a decent life. You know, just think about that. Just maybe, just maybe, if they assisted some of these brothers in, in, in trying to, with some programs that helped us while we were taking care of, while we were paying child support, while we were doing this for education and this and this and that. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, we wouldn't have the situation with the child support that we have. So, that's my whole point of just saying something about it. You know, maybe we need to think about that inside out a little bit. Uh, other than that, I just want to thank everybody for coming through. Like I said, this weekend we'll do a sports episode. Uh, shout out to my son Nathan who turns 16 years old on Sunday. Oh my goodness. I remember just, <laughs> it's like it was yesterday, um, I was watching him be pulled out of his mama. <laughs> but, um, you know, and shout out to his mom that they went down to Florida and got married. Uh, shout out, congratulations. If you listen to this, man, I'm happy for you guys. And um, just um, shout out to, um, like I say, Chicago. Um, still getting messages and love from Chicago. Shout out to the real estate people we're dealing with and all that stuff. You know, agent Mike Plunkett, um, working for Gershman Mortgage. <laughs> Thank you for being patient with me And uh, we're going to make that happen And uh, just thank you for everybody For being supportive And supporting me Thank you to my job They promoted me They gave me a promotion I'll be a new customer service specialist um, <laughs> We'll see I do the best I can One thing I say I bring with me everywhere I go Is my work ethic And I'm going to work hard at everything I do No matter what it is Whether it's music Whether it's job but even even when it was stacking pallets I tried to stack pallets the best and the fastest and whatever else and <laughs> you know do what you can but you know now we're on another level so I just want to thank God for that and um, thank you for being supportive and we'll see you again Sunday night and have a great night and be blessed <laughs>